good morning, my friend. Preacher John out here at uh, the eastern side of Boulder. Just wanted to say good morning. I'm uh, setting my gear up right here as my tripod. Uh, lifted my banner just for a second. Sometimes I do that. And uh, both sides of my banner. And I'm right here on the corner. So when people come across the street, and uh, this is a mall, you see people coming out of that shopping center right there. And then they're coming down this road right here. This is Arapahoe Highway 7. And then uh, this is going into the city right here. So we're on the very edge of the city limits. In fact, they're just another block and a half is the city limits of Boulder. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I just thought I'd say hello while I'm setting my camera gear up and doing the sermon. All right. Talk to you later or in a few moments. <laughs> Welcome to Conestoga. That's the street right behind me, a small street that goes into the mall there, which is just one block from 55th. That's our main artery, north-south artery on the eastern edge of Boulder, the city of Boulder. And uh, this, uh, but this is where the Lord wants me. It's important to understand that. And this right here is Arapahoe main highway. I'm all, I'm all, I'm all, <laughs> I'm at lots of different locations along Arapahoe here. And uh, praise God. Let's, uh, let's pray real quick. Lord, I thank you that we can come out to the street. We can lift a banner. Uh, we can lift a tripod and a camera. Uh, we can preach a sermon out here on the camera first, and we can lift a banner. And uh, we can be out here and be a witness for Christ. Uh, we can let our voice be known. We can let our uh, presence be known. Uh, we can do all kinds of things because we are in you, Lord Jesus. We put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and we make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. And Father, we dedicate this to you, and we thank you for your Son, and we thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for us. In your holy name, Jesus, we humbly pray. Amen and amen. All right, so uh, praise God. Uh, this is Conestoga and Arapaho today. This is my scheduled location. I'm right on schedule. Uh, we're going to do an 11 to 3 shift today if things work out all right for me. So I need to do a commercial break real quick uh, right in the first part of the video. And this is this right here. This is the True Study book, uh, first book, uh, number one. And there are going to be eight books in total. Uh, this is book number one. We've got book two, book three, book four in our bookstore already. And you can go to that bookstore. It's called The Book Patch, P-A-T-C-H.com. When you go there, uh, that's the printer of all the books. It's a print-on-demand uh, company out of Phoenix, Arizona. I think it's Phoenix, but it's Arizona. And uh, uh, you go to the search. Uh, I mean, no, uh, sorry. No. Uh, you go to the website and you ignore the picture because i got to tell everybody that. It's a horrible, satanic picture, I mean, as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, and uh, then you go to the top menu there, and uh, it says a uh, bookstore. 
So you go to the bookstore and it'll give you a search bar. You just type in GEC True Study and all four books will come up. And this is book one. So we're, we're also doing a class on the book. Uh, the class is every day, Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. live stream. Uh, live stream. And it's also being recorded as we're live streaming it, live broadcast. And uh, we go through, uh, seemed like the first 20 minutes of the hour is more like edification, exhortation type situation, a uh, little exhorting. And then uh, uh, we do what the Lord wants us to do. We get into the book and things like that. It is not a Bible study, so don't come to, to our live stream or recording think it's a Bible study. It's not a Bible study. It's really more like an orientation to this book. This book has uh, instruction, instructions in the beginning. So all this is instructions on how to run this book. All this is instructions. And then we get into the logbook format. And this is more like a logbook. I'm a long haul trucker of 40 years and I spent 3 million miles out there cruising around, <laughs> living out on the road all right, for all my life, from 23 years old to 63 years old and uh, uh, covered a lot of miles. Anyways, uh, I logged every day of my life, every day of my life in for 40 years. Uh, even the vacations, the holidays, the time off, you have to log everything as a commercial driver. Uh, this is before the electronic logs. I don't know how they run the electronic logs. I had retired uh, just prior to the mandatory electronic log situation. So I don't know anything about the electronic logs. I'm not a, a part of the industry anymore. Retired in uh, 2017. All right. So that's kind of what this is. And what the class is all about is taking you through this book on how to uh, operate this book. It's kind of like an orientation. When you go to a new company, you spend the first day in orientation class and they walk you through the company, right? <laughs> they walk you through the company and how to do things. And uh, you know what? I just thought I'd say something real quick. That police officer rolled by. I've seen him probably a hundred plus times. And I'm always friendly to all the police officers. Give them a salute or a hello or something, a smile, whatever I did. And uh, you know, you would think that a person uh, would return a cordial, friendly greeting, right? But today, for example, every day, actually, every time I'm out of the house, uh, there's a number of people who refuse to give you any kind of a cordial return of a good morning to you. And uh, that bothers me a lot because that's called friendliness. If you're not friendly, the opposite would be hatred. And people want to come against hatred, but they don't do anything about the hatred speech. And they think this is hatred. And I'm saying good morning, I'm waving, I'm smiling, trying to interact and being nice and greeting, like in the restaurant, uh, trying to be nice to everybody. But all too often, a vast more portion of people don't want to be friendly. And this book helps you to be friendly, believe it or not. <laughs> it really does. It really does. So come join us for class. Uh, I'm going to put that down. Come join us for class. Get the book. If, uh, anyways, uh, that's it there. That's the end of the commercial. <laughs> so, Lord, I thank you that uh, people are, are purchasing the book. And I thank you, Lord, that uh, uh, they're attending the class and they're going to work for you, Lord. Uh, not for me, not for our church. They're going to work for you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you asked us to call out laborers to pray to you for that. And so we constantly pray for laborers to come out in the field. In your holy name. 
So uh, you don't want to be like everybody else. You don't want to be straight-mouthed, frowning. You want to be friendly to people. Uh, you want to be friendly. You want to be cordial. You want to be a, a, a person that's nice. You don't want to be mean. You don't want to be rotten. You don't want to be uh, stiff-necked. You don't want to be hardcore or tough or any of that kind of stuff. You want to be a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I understand that a lot of people walk around with a big chip on their shoulder or a big head or a, real, a lot of pride as preachers. A lot of pastors walk around with a tremendous amount of pride, you know, especially when the church gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I think that's why God has me on the street. I've never really, never really been challenged with pride, but it's possible. I mean, it's possible. And so, uh, so that's why I love being on the street. It keeps me humble. Uh, that's why I love street preachers, because most street preachers that I know are very humble uh, men and women of God. There are a few who, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, the few that I would say maybe not, uh, you know what's happening? A lot of them are changing. Because so you might see them for a season, and they seem like they're off base, or they're this or they're that, and you don't like them. But, you know, we keep moving. And you come back to them a year later, two years later, you'll notice that many street preachers change uh, because they keep preaching. God bless you. They keep changing, just like I change. My first videos are a lot different than the next set and the next set and the next set. You know, I don't know, I've been doing this, what, since for three years now? Got over a thousand videos. You know, so you change over time. You change over time. And uh, that's, that's what happens, right? Change over time. If you want to change, if you don't want to change and grow in Christ, then you won't. Uh, just the way it is, because you, you'll reject Christ. And that's our title for our letter today. Our title for our sermon today is, uh, don't, uh, title is, let us not fight against God. Let us not fight against God. And that's actually the title to our Sunday prayer letter this week, November 5th Sunday prayer letter, titled, Let Us Not Fight Against God. We're in Acts 23 all week long. There's 35 verses there. Um, I did not preach yesterday, Sunday, but I am preaching today on Monday. So I will cover uh, yesterday's message from 1 to 5 and today's message from 6 to 11. All right, so we'll go over those 11 verses. Understanding that I'm not the typical preacher. Uh, I don't try to be like anybody else. I, I just try to be like me and how the Lord has trained me and worked with me over all these years. And understand that I have changed. I adapt and I move around and I'm sensitive to the Spirit of God. I was uh, had a great testimony this morning. So I was able to witness to two people in the bank today. Uh, usually on Mondays I try to get to the bank and take all of our donations and put them in the treasury and uh, the church account. And so I get a chance to witness, because I come like this. Uh, everybody knows what I do. Everybody knows that the guy I met when he greeted me, where are you gonna be at today, John? And I'm gonna be at Arapahoe Constelga. Oh yeah, over by Wendy's. Oh, they have good breakfast over there. <laughs> and always he told me about the biscuits and gravy. And, uh, and so I talked to him for a little bit. And uh, they know what I do. And then the teller is brand new teller, so I was able to kind of witness to her and kind of be more friendly. I don't jump on her, I don't pounce on her. She's brand new. She's, I've only seen her, uh, this is my third time I've seen her. 
and find, now I got her name. We got names exchanged. Next time I'll be a little more friendly, a little more friendly, and then I'll give her a gospel track, and you know, well, I'll build that relationship with her, like I did the last uh, uh, teller, who's now has gone to another branch. And uh, I don't pounce on anyone nowadays. Before I used to, because before when I was in the truck, I would have to pounce on people. I would tell them the whole story. I would tell them you're going to hell. I was a fire, hell, fire, brimstone type preacher. I was hard on people, very hard for my first 10 plus years from uh, 74 to 84, yeah, 10 years. A very hard preaching uh, because um, that's kind of, uh, I, uh, that's what I experienced. I guess I was preaching from my experience. And uh, it wasn't until 94, that was 84, so another 10 years after that until my ministry really changed to have more compassion and tenderness and you know, care and love and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> feel good stuff. But uh, uh, one, one of the things that, uh, uh, so the way I, the reason I was doing it the way, the hardcore type stuff is because my philosophy was I only see people one time in the trucking world. And I trucked all the time, all the time. Ran 100 to 130,000 miles a year. I trucked all the time. I put a lot of miles on over all these years. Took time off, yes, I know that. Went on several missionary trips, took time off. That's why I was a truck driver. But, uh, uh, so I would give people everything all at once. But when I got to Boulder, um, and not actually Boulder, but in 94, uh, a great tragedy happened in my life that altered my ministry tremendously. And I woke up to the need to have more compassion towards people. Yeah. Uh, that really uh, took a long time for God to get that in my heart. Many, many years to uh, get compassion. So much compassion that I would cry before them for their soul. I would literally touch their heart with my tears. And uh, that really changed things in my ministry. Uh, it was uh, uh, something I wasn't familiar with. It was very uncomfortable. But over time, over years, it became more comfortable, and that's what I operate in now, um, even here on the street. Uh, and so with that compassion, I had to learn how to build relationships. Because remember, to prior to that, I never built relationships. I just, just bombarded you with the Word of God and then took off. <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> and uh, But now, once I started moving in that type of type of mercy and grace and compassion type ministry, uh, I started learning how to build relationships with people. And that wasn't easy. And so that's what we're doing with the teller at Chase Bank. That's what we're doing with everybody here in Boulder and all the cities I go to. And so the testimony on that, another one for today was, I was, I finished my banking early and I still had 15 minutes. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do for 15 minutes before the bus comes? He says, I just want you to start walking. Walk towards the bus, no, go that way. So I went that way, the way the Lord was showing me, and uh, uh, all of a sudden, the, the, there's a place where extra buses uh, stop. Uh, for, they're called loop extras. And the door opened up just before I got there. I go, oh, he must want to talk to me. I, did, I can't see who was in the, 
bus until I get there because of the reflection on the windows. So I walk up, to, uh, walk along the bus, and I, I look up, oh, it's Dave. So I was, had a chance for about 10 minutes to pray and talk with Dave. He prays with us, and uh, we had a chance to minister. So what's happened is, is over these months, I've built a relationship with Dave, see? But if I was a type of person that I would uh, dump everything on him and uh, uh, tell him they're going to hell if you don't receive Christ today, uh, all, all kinds of other stuff, uh, I would never be able to talk to Dave. But because I built a relationship over many months, he was willing to talk to me some more. And it was really a good conversation because I'm building a relationship, the compassion and tenderness. And so uh, it was wonderful. And then he got called to go do a job of some sort. He started the bus up and I said, God bless you, Dave. God bless you, John. And uh, I walked off to my bus as I got to my bus around the corner, around the bus station. The driver to that bus just shows up. I mean, this timing was absolutely pristinely perfect. Perfect, perfect timing. Man, is it noisy out here. The timing is perfect, all right? And so that lets me know, so why is that so important? It lets me know that I'm hearing from God. You've got to know that. You can't just hope you're hearing from God. God will confirm His Word, His Word, His speech, the words that He tells you with signs following. You know, the timing of me being in front of Dave's bus, the time he got to, we got a chance to talk, and then the timing he was called away, and the timing of that bus, you couldn't have got it any more perfect. And when I showed up at the teller, there's usually somebody in front of me and I have to wait and wait and wait. But I walked straight up to the teller and the very millisecond I got there, another lady walks in right behind me and she had to wait. See the timing, if I had to wait for her, cause she's this time of day, it's all business people coming here and getting changed for their business and you know, coins and dollar bills and for their register kind of stuff. You know, so it takes a long time. Every person takes a long time. We all have our blue bag <laughs> you know, that we carry. <laughs> and uh, uh, the timing was perfect, right? That lets me know that I'm hearing from God. So you want to, you don't follow those signs. You're not even looking for them. You don't even know, you won't even recognize the sign until the sign happens and then you recognize it. Oh, that's a sign from God, right? So you don't look for signs. We're not led by signs uh, because if you are, You'll be doing what this title is of our sermon. You'll be fighting God. Yeah, you'll be fighting God. Arguing with God. How come you're not touching me? How come you're not healing me? How come you're not giving me signs? And you'll argue with God, and God won't... He's not going to argue with you, sorry. Not going to argue with you, all right? Not going to argue with you, all right? So, let's, uh, let's go to chapter uh, 23 here. Hang on a second. I gotta check, make sure this thing is running because it, it overheats still and it's in the hot sun. This is how it has to go so because the sun has to be in my face, otherwise I'm in the shadow. All that kind of silliness that has to you have to deal with in videos. But uh, anyways. So let's go uh, to 23, let's go down through here. I'm just gonna kind of read along here. Remember the title of our sermon is Let Us Not Fight Against God 
chapter 23, let us not fight against God. Very important to get that in your mind. Let us not, let all of us not fight against God. You can look at that in lots of different ways. All right? Man, it's noisy. I, I say that a lot because uh, I like quiet. I like quiet and peaceful in my house. I don't have the radio going. I don't have music going. I don't have a television. I don't even own a television. I have, not, I have quiet in my house. Quiet. I like quiet. In my truck was quiet. I made sure there was no wind noise. I made sure it was quiet. And uh, other than the uh, Alexander Scorby reading the Bible to me, or my uh, XM radio, smooth jazz playing also. And normally I had my two-way off the last many years. I didn't listen to that either. And I had earplugs in, and I would drive down the road with earplugs because I want quiet. I've got to have quiet. So this is very challenging to me all the time. That's why I talk about it a lot. Just letting you know some personal stuff here. The noise irritates me and bothers me beyond measure. It makes me want to just scream. I hate the noise. However, I'm here on the street. So I'm doing something that's very uncomfortable to me every single day. Every day. And people want to do things that are comfortable for God. It makes me mad. Pisses me off, actually, if I just wanted to say. It gets me angry because people want to fight against God constantly. I want to do it this way. I don't want to do it your way. Hey, I've lived that too, man. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Doesn't, doesn't, does not, not work. So stop it. God says to go do something, then you go do it. You can ask when and all that kind of stuff, but get going, man. That's what Zechariah did. He fought the Gabriel the angel, right? Fought him. Says, dude, you're not going to be able to talk for nine months because you're arguing with me. You can't argue with God. You can't fight God. I'm here because God sent me here to tell you that you're going to have a child and his name is going to be John. So you're not going to talk for nine months. It's up to you. Sorry, you already blew it. You already blew it. I gave you one chance. You blew it already. You see, God, the angel Gabriel only gave Zachariah one chance because we weren't in grace yet. Understand, there was no grace yet. It was one time and one time only because grace hadn't started yet. That started at the cross. That's when grace began. It wasn't grace before that. You had to do what God told you to do, or that's it. We don't live there nowadays. After Jesus, after the temple was ripped, the veil was ripped top to bottom, Holy of Holies was opened up to us, uh, grace entered in. Grace is, you can mess up a billion times and God will still forgive you, and you just keep on trucking, right? And so because of that grace, uh, people want to control God. They're not afraid of God anymore. They just fight, fight, fight against God. And I know all about that. I am not oblivious to fighting against God. I know what I'm talking about. So totally. You can't believe how much I know about it. Especially being a big mouth, rebellious type person as I've been most of my life. I got a big mouth towards God too, but not anymore. It's been decades since I've had that kind of mouth. Yeah. How long has it been? It's been, uh, I, heard, I heard that in my spirit. How long has it been? Let's see, that was uh, summer of 89 or 90, probably say 90. Uh, we moved in the new house in Reading in 89, and then it was either that summer or the following summer. I don't remember which 
and I'm going to guess it was the summer of 90. It makes it easier to figure out. So that was 90. So that's 10 years to 2000 plus 20. Yes, 23. That's 33 years I haven't argued. How about that? But before that, I was continuously fighting God. Because I've been preaching since 94 or 74. And here it is, uh, 1990, right? 1990. That's a long time of fighting God, right? That's why it took me nine years to get to school. When I was supposed to go to school right away. As soon as I got out of the Navy, I was supposed to go to school. But I didn't. Because I was fighting God. And it blew it. It cost me nine years. Fighting God cost me nine years of my ministry. I still worked and still preached and still ministered that time. But it was flat all the time. It was like one tough moment after another. It was never easy. Never easy. And then I went to Bible school in uh, 84, uh, August of 84, I think, is when I started there. And I got out of uh, there in uh, 89, five years. And uh, that changed my life. And then in 94 was where I moved into... Uh, fully moved into grace and not fighting God anymore. So, and it's been wonderful, been wonderful. So don't fight against God. I want to really drive that home because that's the important seed I want to sow. Let us not fight against God. All these texts here tells you about that, but I want to get that because I see it today, every day on the street with Christians who have been serving the Lord for 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, 60 years, 10 years, one year, six months. They want to fight God on every issue. Probably the one that really keeps pounding in my brain is when I was doing a Bible study. I used to do a Bible study before I lifted the banner. Before I started doing these videos, I would uh, go to my corner. I'd get to my corner an hour early. And normally, most of my corners have a coffee shop not too far away. And I would meet people for coffee and a Bible study before doing the banner. That's how I did it for probably a year. I did it that way. And then it got too much ha hassle, and I changed and started doing these videos on stream on online. And I remember one Bible study at a coffee shop. Uh, the guy said, well, you know, uh, I'm going to go to bed with my girlfriend because I want to and I love her. I said, <laughs> almost said his name. That's sin. Well, I don't see it as sin because I love her and uh, it's okay. Because she's coming to town and I haven't seen her for several months. She doesn't live here because he he's a student here in, in Boulder. And uh, that's the last time I saw him. The last time I saw him, how about that? There was, he was fighting against God because, quote, he loved her. He loved her, and I guess that makes it okay. I love her, God. I'm still going to go to bed with her. Really? Yeah. But because we're in grace, he wasn't stoned, and she wasn't stoned. Right? That's what would have happened. They would have been kicked out of the camp. They would have been kicked out of church. They would have been kicked out of town and maybe and stoned to death, for example. I don't know. But we're, we're not under the law anymore. So don't put people under the law. We're grace. But you can sure tell them this, the consequences of sin. You know? That's why a lot of people live the way they live. Because of the grace. Water, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. We all grow up together. The wheat and the tares. Right? Weed in the chairs. <laughs> the weed in the chairs. Right? But we keep trying to, 
tell people about Jesus everywhere we go. We're going to preach the gospel. Today's class was really good. I hope you hope you get the chance to take a look at that class today. That was class uh, 51 of 65. And uh, if uh, so, in our class, if you purchase this first book here, if you purchase the first book and uh, uh, get on our email list so you can get the Sunday prayer letter. That's how it goes out nowadays on the email list. And uh, and then uh, you send me a picture of a, the cover of the book. You can have your, you know, and permission to use it. Uh, I'll buy book number two for you. Our church will buy book number two for you. But uh, I'm, I'm the pastor, so I guess it's okay. Uh, but uh, anyways, I've already told everybody that's what we're doing. Everyone in our church is in agreement. So I'm not acting outside of our church agreement. If nobody agreed, then we'd all go to God and find out what the problem is. Because there probably would be a problem somewhere and everybody didn't agree. But everyone agreed immediately. Why did everyone in our church agree immediately as soon as I told them what we're going to do? Or what, we, what the Lord wants us to do? Now, I didn't want to do it. The Lord wanted to do it. Then I wanted to do it. The reason is because we are a giving church. We give all the time. People give and we give out. We are a giving church. We're not a horde. Uh, we are consistent, faithful givers as a church. All you got to do is ask several of the uh, ministers and preachers that we sow so into. They know, yeah, every month John's church, uh, his uh, fund is right here. Every month, black clockwork. Every month we donate. Every month, month after month after month after month after month after month, year after year, we donate. Some ministries I've been donating to for 25 years, 30 years, 35 years. Since 95. One of them is since 95. How long, however long that is. I'm faithful. That's why I, I don't have no lack in my life. I don't hoard. I don't dole it out. I don't do any of that stuff. God freely gives. I freely give it back out. God multiplies it. I give all that multiplication back out. It all comes back multiplied again. I give all that out, and it all comes back again. I just can't seem to get rid of it all. And I'm always working on it based on what the Lord wants me to do. I don't, I'm not stupid, and I'm not naive, and I'm not ignorant to what Satan would love me to do. All right? So let's not fight against God. So the, another idea of not fighting against God is what is God's word? say are you doing what god's word says huh i mean that's something to think about am i are you reading it it says here let us not fight against god and then you turn around after watching this sermon listening to it and you say well i'm going to fight god anyways really really are you really going to do that after we talked for an hour on don't fight god you're going to fight god later on today seriously well, what's all that about right you know, you, you, you know, let's not fight against God is the sermon title. And I'm really drilling that home. All right. In fact, let's go up. Uh, uh, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Okay, I just got to keep checking my camera here. It's still pretty cool. Um, what do I want to do? Let's go to verse 1 again here in chapter 23. And Paul earnestly beholding the council and said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God unto this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded them that stood by him to smite him on the mouth. Then said Paul unto him, God shall smite thee, thou whited wall. 
For sittest thou to judge me a captive of the law, and commandest me to be smitten a contrary to the law? So, uh, let me stop right there real quick. So, I, this Sunday prayer letter that went out uh, on Sunday uh, is different than any other letter I've done. Uh, years ago, when I wrote the letter, I would write a commentary on the verses. Uh, an actual, kind of like a real commentary, that's what they called it too. Uh, but here, the Lord says, I don't want you to write a commentary, I want you to write what you see, or an observation. And I said, well, is it a commentary or an observation? I thought they were the same. And then he told me, get your dictionary and look up the two words, commentary and observe. I said, okay. And I looked up commentary. Okay, that, I figured that. I looked up the observe and go, oh, wow, it is observe. That's what I need to write about, observation. So in the Sunday prayer letter, on each of the days, I wrote a little paragraph of my observation. It's not a preaching. It's not a commentary. It's just a off-the-cuff type observation of that portion of scripture for this that day all right and I found it to be very fascinating on the observation part so I highly encourage you to get the Sunday prayer there subscribe to our email it's preacherjohn.ck.page and or you can go to John Shuck chokue.com and I think that goes there also I think I yeah I'm pretty sure that goes there I've got like six domains and they go all over the place. And uh, the one I like to give out, I don't very often, but that is workwithjohnchoque.com. Yeah, workwithjohnchoque.com, workwithjohnshuck.com. <laughs> that takes you to my PayPal account. And that money in the PayPal doesn't go to me, it goes directly into the church account at Chase. So it doesn't come to me. Is linked directly to our uh, church account. So if you want to give, there's a good there. Workwithjohnshuck.com. All right. Anyways, enough of that. All right. Verse four. And they stood by and said, "Revilest thou God's high priest?" And then said Paul, "I wish not, brethren, that he was the high priest. For it is written, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people." He was speaking evil. I tell you, that is a fine line on rebuking and speaking evil. And if you're that good of a preacher to speak, um, what is that called? Reproof, you know, rebuke, and not click into uh, speaking evil, you're better than I am. I can't do it. I'll, I'll slip into being evil. I'll slip into getting mad and angry. And uh, so I have to watch that myself, personally speaking. That's why I preach differently. That's why I tell, don't copy me. Don't copy anybody. Copy Jesus Christ, okay? So verse 6 says, But when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee and son of a Pharisee of the hope and resurrection of the dead. That's what a Pharisee said. A Pharisee has the hope, the hope, uh, uh, a Pharisee of the hope and resurrection, hope and resurrection of the dead. That's what a Pharisee has. Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection of the dead, nor of angels. Pharisees do. Pharisees believe in angels, believe in the resurrection, right? But Sadducees do not. Uh, I am called into question, I'm called in question. 
And when he had said so, there arose a dissension between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the multitude was divided. <laughs> yeah, read what I wrote there in observations. Pretty interesting. <laughs> For the Sadducees, also, uh, I highlight too, the Lord asked me to, uh, uh, to go back to doing the uh, Sunday prayer letter in video slash podcast audio format. So uh, I did something a little different, and I did do that, and uh, that's why the audio uh, doesn't sound like a normal podcast does. Because I, I could at this time, I'm not able to connect my podcasting mic to uh, my phone. I use my phone here for my video because I don't have a regular camera. I just have this here right here, and right now this uh, connection on the phone is a three-year-old, four-year-old camp, four years old, 2012. Uh, no, that's a iPhone 12 eight, mini, uh, whenever that came out. We're at 15, so it's three years old. And uh, it, it doesn't have the same connection, so I don't know. Uh, just whatever it is. All right, there arose dissension between the multitude divided. Verse 8, for the Sadducees say there is no resurrection. See, there is right there. Uh, neither angel nor spirit. They give you definition. But the Pharisees confess both, okay? Verse 9, you see, that lets you know that the King James is written a different way. The reason it's written the way it is, oftentimes, is that the Word of God defines and explains the Word of God. It goes on, talks about the Word of God, then explains the Word of God. It kind of overlaps as you go along. It's very interesting how the Lord wrote the Word of God, the pure Word of God, not man's Bible lying that God wrote it when man wrote it. This is God's Bible here. Sorry for those who don't believe that, but it is true. That'll be year three and year four in our school that we're building. We're building a church school. That book one is uh, the first start, the beginning, and our classes are the beginning to a three to possibly four year church school. And uh, It's going to be real interesting to see what the Lord has planned. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. I'm just going one step along with everybody else. Jesus Christ is the head of our church. <laughs> How about that? I'm not. And the Holy Ghost has been assigned. The Holy Ghost is the senior pastor to our church. We listen to the Spirit of God because he said, Jesus said he will not speak on his own. He will say what I tell them. So when Jesus speaks, the Holy Ghost speaks. When the Jesus speaks, the words coming out of the Holy Ghost is the words of Jesus. Just like when Jesus says, when I speak, I speak the words of the Father. So everything you see, you say it's in red because Jesus said, uh, actually it's the Father that said it. That'll get you thinking for a moment. All right. Uh, so verse 9, and there arose a great cry, and the scribes that were of the Pharisees' heart arose and strove, saying, We find no evil in this man. But if a spirit or an angel hath spoken to him, let us not fight against God. And when they arose, and when there arose a great dissension, the chief captain, fearing lest Paul should be pulled apart into pieces, uh, should have been pulled in pieces of them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him by force among them and to bring him into the castle. Verse 11, 
And the night following, I want you to get this for a moment here. It's really important. When the night following, the Lord stood by him. The night following. Jesus says, I'll be like a thief in the night. Stealth. No man knows the day. No man knows the hour. Not even the angels of God, but the Father. And when you're trying to tell me what day it is, just like the guy down in Trinidad, October 31st is the day this globe is supposed to come, along with every other day that I've been told for decades and decades, that is dangerous territory. That is fighting against God. But they don't see that. And the reason they don't see that is because they are deceived. And deception doesn't come from God. It comes from the devil. So when people say that to me, I know who they're listening to. They can quote the Bible, but I know who they're really listening to, and that is Satan, the devil, the deceiver. That's why I ask people all the time, where's that in the Bible? And the night following, the Lord stood by him, by Paul, and said, Be of good cheer, Paul. <laughs> Be of good cheer. <laughs> Kind of got to think about that. Be of good cheer. What was going on for Jesus to say that? Be of good cheer, man. <laughs> uh, I'm hurting, Lord. I'm hurting. Well, that's fine. Be of good cheer. <laughs> you want to fight God against that? And I said, oh, okay. I'll be of good cheer. How do I be of good cheer? I've been beat up and tore up. <laughs> be of good cheer, Paul. For thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem. Thou hast testified me of John. Here in Boulder, Conestoga, and Arapahoe, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. So must thou bear witness also at Rome. I'm also going to bear witness on Thursday in Superior. I'm also going to bear witness of Christ down in Golden this week. So I'll be in three cities this week. Three cities. Normally every week I'm in three different cities. Then I add a few here and there by the Holy Ghost, 16 cities total. Be of good cheer, Paul, for thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou witness, bear witness also at Rome. So you don't want to fight against God. You want to be a witness. You want to be a preacher of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we can immediately jump into prayer. We don't have to think about what to do next. We know what to do next because we're following your lead. We're not wondering what to do next. We're not guessing what to do next. We're not calculating what to do next. We're read, not reading off of prayer notes or uh, sermon notes or bullet points we're not reading off a teleprompter we're following what's in our heart holy ghost you've delivered a message in our heart and we deliver the message after the message was let's pray so now we're praying and we're giving you all the glory and all the honor for this message and the time out here on the street for all the souls the thousands of souls that'll be going by the banner and the intercession and everything else we'll be doing out here lord lord i need to be baptized with the holy ghost uh lord i ask you to Baptize them, fill them with the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Be filled. And if you need healing in your body, be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive your healings by faith. Receive your healing. Don't fight God. Receive your healing. If you need a devil cast out, cast that devil out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because I've already prayed the blood of Jesus over them and I'm already asking the angels of God to help and I'm already bringing people around to sow the word of God in that place where the devil was. So be set free, man. Be set free. If you don't receive Jesus, receive Jesus now. Be saved now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I give you all the glory, Father. In your heavenly name, Father, we pray. Amen and amen.
All right, that's it. Have a great day. We'll talk to you later, okay?